Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. Okay. Okay. So, welcome to another edition of the Readerly Report. I'm super to catch up after this podcast, but... Gail took a vacation in there, which is not apparent, so I haven't spoken to her for like 10 days. So we have so much to talk about and catch up on. I don't even know if we're going to get to all the things I want to get to. So let's just <laughs> jump right in. Well, because I, I have to know what you read on vacation, and I feel like there's these surprise um, oh my God. authors that I want to ask you if you know that they have books coming out, plus we want to talk about the reading challenges and paperbacks and we want to talk about paperbacks so oh my god there's a lot it's a new year a new agenda gail is trying to get some structure in her reading life yes. like i think i've encouraged her a little we're not putting any hard efforts into finishing all of our challenges but i think we get excited about topics and yeah i'm going to try to finish my mammoth pop sugar challenge and then you sent me a few others. So we have so much to talk about and haven't talked to Gail in a while. So I'm excited to talk to her about books. So let's start off with just what you read on vacation. Okay. So I did manage to read because I know you were reading Becoming, right. Great Believers. All right. So I, I did not read that much over vacation. I didn't have as much time as I'd liked. And the one I'd read was long. But I did read The Great Believers. Um, I think I started it at the beginning of my vacation and finished it like maybe two thirds of the way through. And I loved it. I thought it was great. And I know you really liked it too. Um, I did. I'm so excited that you loved it. Oh my God. I don't know how you could. I mean, it's just a beautiful book. So for people who haven't heard Nicole talk about it earlier, um, The Great Believers is um, a book that takes place in 1985 and in 2015. There's two kind of separate storylines going on, although they're linked with some overlapping characters. The 1985 section is basically all about when AIDS hit the gay community in Chicago. And um, it's told mostly through the perspective of one man and his very close friend, uh, a woman whose uh, older brother had died of AIDS. And so there's that whole section. And then the, uh, the, the kind of present day part takes place in Paris and it's with one of those characters as well. So, um, I just thought it was a beautifully written book. It's so sad. It's so poignant. I feel like I grew up in the eighties and I was a little bit too young when the, when the disease was first starting to to kind of spread to truly appreciate what it was doing to that community. I was, you know, I was like in high school or junior high school and I don't think I really thought about, God, this entire world of of friends and partners and relationships was just being decimated. And I, ju- I just thought she did a fantastic job with it. Tell us what you thought. She did. Oh, I love that book. It was one of the books that once I started reading it, you know, I think my, one of my comments about it is that it's a long book. You know, it's daunting to look at it, but once you start reading it, I mean, I think the first scene takes place when Yale is at a party and you meet Yale and you meet Nico and you meet, what was his, the sister's name? Um, Fiona. Fiona, I don't know. I was just obsessed with knowing what was going to, 
happen with these people? And my comment about it was, it reads very fast. And Gail said, she's like, it took me a week to read. It's like, but it's just one of those books that once you start reading about these characters, you're always thinking about them. And whenever you get a minute, you want to pick up your book and see what's happening to them. And like Gail says, she does such a good job with dealing with all of these populations and going back and forth, you know, over the time periods. And I just feel like everything that she was discussing was so interesting, whether it was, you know, the storyline with Yale and his art and, you know, what's going to happen if he's going to be able to get this big commission and all of the intricacies around that and, you know, what's going on in his love life and what's going on with Fiona finding her child. And, you know, and even they're set apart from each other. So Yale is telling the story that's taking place place back in the 1980s and Fiona is more of the present but in this is this mystery about like what happened you know what happens to Yale and who knows each other in the present day and who has survived and I think it was it was so well done I agree I agree completely she talked a lot um, I don't know if you read the afterward where she talks about the research she did and just wanting to address any ideas of a of appropriation with the topic, the fact that she's not, you know, she's not a gay male and how she felt about telling this particular story. And I've listened to other interviews where she talks about, you know, really wanting to do it carefully and, you know, being aware of the perspectives and, and to not do it in a stereotypical way. And just how the fact that she can use, I guess, more part of her privilege or ease of being published to open the door so more stories like this can be told yeah I did read that and um I thought that was very moving (laughs) she somebody so she has a tweet that I think was it I don't know if it was a tweet or an Instagram post but something that um I think Ashley Spivey then uh retweeted or posted in the Spivey book club. Rebecca Mackay was basically like, hello, bloggers or whoever, social media. If you're saying something negative about my book or even lukewarm, please don't tag me in your post. (laughs) Which I thought was so funny. It's so true. Um, But then of course I was like, oh my God, I hope, I can't believe anyone would ever say anything negative. So then I tweeted something like, um, I just finished the great believers by Rebecca Mackay and I tagged her. Um, and I'm in mourning both for the end of the book and for the characters. And she like tweeted me right back and she was like, thank you so much. And it made me really happy. So, well, that's really funny because that's something that we always talk about, like not understanding, um, why people would tag if you didn't like something to tag someone in it and let them know. But also you've talked about purposely not tagging someone if you didn't like it or if it was negative and then having that person find it and tweet it. Yes. Yes, exactly. So I guess people have very different, yeah, very different perspectives. And, you know, I don't know, I guess maybe some people think any publicity is good publicity. Right. I, 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 yeah, it's weird. Uh, I don't know if you have actually, if you're listening and this is interesting to you, find her tweet because there's an interesting discussion that ensued after that where some people respond and they're like, well, you put this book out there. Like, 
you know, you should be able to take it. And she goes, well, that's like me going up to someone on the subway and saying, you know what? I don't really like your sweater. And then there was like discussion back and forth about, you know, being an author. And I don't know. It was very interesting. But yeah, it's a great book. Authors are people too. It, it, It is a great book. Yeah. So that's all I read. Um, I, I didn't have any chance to well, do, enough. yeah, I didn't do any audio cause I was, you know, with my family driving around. So I didn't have any audio, but I've since started two books. So I'll tell you about those two. So when I got back, I decided it was time, um, or I think maybe it was on the airplane. It was time to start Daisy Jones and the six. So I'm about, oh, you did? Yeah, I'm about, um, halfway through. I was feeling like I was like, I have to start reading this so I can send it to Gail. So I'm glad. Oh no, you're good. I've got, I've got it on my Kindle. So I'm halfway through Daisy Jones and the six. And I also started a memoir on audio called from the corner of the oval, which is about a woman who was a stenographer during, I think it's five years of the Obama administration and traveled with the president and was, you know, there for all of his speeches um, basically creating a transcript of it. So I'm doing that one on audio. I have that book. I saw her speak over the summer, I think. I've been dying to read it, which, of course, means I have not. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, well, I'll say just preliminary on both of them. Daisy Jones and the Six is good. Is it worth the unbelievable Buzz. hype that it has gotten? Don't tell me it's not. I, I'm going to send it to the bottom of the pile. Okay, I won't say a word then. <laughs> I mean, it's Gosh. um. Do it's, you and feel it's, like and you know what? Like it's you getting felt better about Evelyn Hugo, how, or is it just that's a good question? Because there is so much hype. Well, you know, it was the same for both of them. There was so much hype about Evelyn Hugo too. Um, they're such different books in some ways. Um, Daisy Jones and the Six is told like a. Um, like a Rolling Stone, yeah. Where they, yeah. What is it called? I'm just blanking on the name. When they, when they've got multiple people answering uh, oral history, like a little round. Yeah, table. it's an oral okay. history. So it's, um, and it's getting better. I think, like it, it opens. It feels very much like a VH1 behind the music documentaries. Feels like a, a lot of those kind of 70s, 80s rock band cliches are in there. But it's getting a little more complex and surprising. So um, I like it. I like it. I mean, I. I'm glad I'm reading it. I feel lucky to have it. Uh, is it worth like, you know, the complete and utter chaos? Could you have waited until March? Probably. Yeah, I probably could have waited. So it's good. Um, and then from the corner of the oval is not entirely what I expected. And I've read some reviews of it and people are like, oh, it's, it's more gossipy and it's more about like her hooking up with people inappropriately and getting drunk than it is about the Obama administration. And that may be true. Like there's not as much sort of focus on like either the content of what she's, of what Obama is saying, or, you know, she's very respectful of his privacy. So there's not a lot of, there's not like big, you know, revelations about Obama, but I'm still actually really enjoying it. So it's, it's, I, maybe I'm enjoying it for the, like a dishy gossipy side, the like sort of the, like, the lighter side of it, but it, it's, you will read it really fast and it's a fun read, especially fun if you live here. Um, because she talks about neighborhoods in DC and restaurants and things. And I'm like, Oh, you know, I can picture exactly where that happened. So, um, I love that. Yeah. It's a good book. I like it. The guy who, and I can't remember his name. Like I read his memoir. I knew nothing about him. He heads up. He's, is his name Andy Cohen? I think he does like, 
He's a producer, I think, on The Real Housewives. Oh, yeah, he went or whatever. He went to, I don't he went watch to high any of the Housewives or anything. Yeah, he's on. Um, I, he's on. Uh, he does all of those shows, the those Bravo shows. He's like the face of all of them. Yeah. So I read. Um, hold on a minute. I read his memoir, and I don't watch any of the Bravo things or whatever. It was just so fun to read because he lives in the West Village. I actually see him walking around with his dog um I've seen him a couple of times walking around with his dog and so it was so funny because like he's friends with Sarah Jessica Parker who she and Matthew Broderick live like right around the corner from my apartment Mm -hmm. and so he talks about them and the bars that they go to I mean it's pretty old now it's probably like five years old but there's still so much that you know about New York and they talk about where they go and it's all his celebrity run-ins and his hookups that he has and it's just so fun it's fun. And yeah. I don't even know him or like, <laughs> it's just totally about the gossipy, you know, oh, I know that bar or I know that restaurant or that's just, you know, right across the street from me or right. it's always, that's always fun stuff. All right. What about you? What did you read over the holidays? What are you reading now? Okay. So I'm just going to give you titles of what I'm reading now. I'll go back into that as I finish things, just because I had quite a few that I have read that I want to talk about. So I'm reading some things that um, are not coming out until like I'm reading some things that are pretty far down the, down the pipeline, I'll say. Um, And one that I'm reading and it's really fun is called going Dutch and it's by James Greger. And it's sort of like about this, gay man who's trying to get his degree and he finds himself stuck writing a paper and he reaches out to this woman for help and you know they sort of become involved and then he starts dating someone and it's I don't know sort of like a bizarre love triangle and I said I wasn't going to say anything about it I said I was just going to give titles why'd you let me do that Mm -hmm. um so I'm also reading On Chesil Beach by Ian McEwen which you recommended um and because it's short and because I want to watch you know, the movie that, of course, it's probably like Kira Knightley because we know she's in all the period pieces and all the Ian McEwan novels. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to watch that. So I'm reading that. And it's just it's so good, so sad and so interesting. Um, I'm reading a lot of things that I feel like have interesting things to say about culture. Then I'm reading this totally ridiculous book um, to fulfill one of my obligations for the reading challenge and it is called where is it uh, my lady's choosing it's by kitty Coran, and it's one of, you had to read a choose your own adventure book so oh. this is a cho- <laughs> this is a choose your own adventure that's like set back in the day you're some regency you're some poor regency woman who has to work as a lady's companion because I don't know, your family's dead and they didn't leave you any money and just all the sort of scandalous hookups you could have, you know, choose this adventure if you want to go to some moody castle somewhere with, you know, that might be haunted. And (laughs) so it's all these little choices like that. It's totally silly, but I'm, you know, I like choose your own adventure books. I feel so like, when did I read these? When I was 10? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's what I have read and I have to pull up our spreadsheet which I don't know I have so many have so many windows open this is so bad it happens 
Here we go. So, um, oh, you read Free, Free Fall? Yeah, I read Free Fall. I think you talked about So I'm not going to talk any about, about what I'm reading. I did talk about that a little bit, and I had said to you that I wasn't sure if I could recommend it yet. It was a so far so good um, kind of story. It's about this woman who is estranged from her mom. She is in a car crash with, um, we think it's her husband who is, or not her husband, but her fiance who has died. And there are people who are after her. So she crashes in the mountains and she has to leave. Um, she has to, she has to flee the area. Someone's after her. Her mom doesn't quite believe that she's dead. So she's sort of keeping hope alive and so it's all about how they find their way back to each other, you know, what happened in her daughter's life, why they were estranged, um, what has, you know, um, I guess what got her started down this path that she takes that would have put her into such danger. I mean, it was, I feel like people who like thrillers like this, I feel like it's an enjoyable book. Um, there, there's nothing wrong with it. The characterization was good. It was interesting. I don't know if I've just read so many of these that I was just sort of like, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. So a book that I talked about, and I think I just talked about it last week. It's called The Suspect by Fiona Barton. And this was the mystery that was going to be set in Bangkok. And I really liked it, even though it has... You will not learn. It's not like one of those books, you know, how some books can be really scenic and you're immersed in the culture and things like that. It is not that book. Bangkok is like just particularly the backdrop and what happens when, you know, this woman who is a reporter, she's estranged from her son. She goes to investigate the crime and she finds out that her son is the suspect. Um, These two teenage girls who were backpacking, they're having a gap year, they go missing and it turns out her son is somehow involved. And so she has to make all of these choices. You know, it's sort of about being a journalist and, you know, going from being in control of the story to being completely out of the story and uh, out of control of the story and how she helps her son. There, This was a really interesting one. Like, I really enjoyed it. And they have these questions, of course. You know, when you're a parent, how far do you... You know, like, how much do you believe your child, you know, when they are, um, I guess, accused of a horrific crime, mm-hmm. you know, like, how responsible are you for their upbringing? How well do you know? You know, it's just like these how well do you know people right. that, you know, I feel like we it's such an interesting part of fiction. I think it's an interesting thing because I feel like we, you know, you think You know, most of us live in a way that you're pretty sure of your behavior because there's just, you haven't been tested around it, you know? Right. Like, we're all decent people because there's no reason for us not to be. (laughs) That, um, I feel like that theme comes up a lot in fiction. Like, how far do you go to protect your kid? How well do you know your kid or your spouse or whoever, what they may be capable of? Yeah, and I wonder, is there some hidden fear that, you know, how well do you know people and how people can surprise you or, and I feel like a lot of how we operate is based on assumption, you know, Mm -hmm. like how it frames people's behavior and what they do and why we do things like, you know, a lot of things you do because it's, it's sort of, 
you go to high school and then you go to college and some things are sort of a next step, you know, expectations, you raise a family, you find a job, you know, so when you're operating on autopilot and things are going really well, I think it's, you know, pretty easy to be a good person who makes moral decisions. But if your life is threatened in any way, um, how does that react? And I think that's why fiction is so fascinating because hopefully a lot of us will not, you know, you won't have to experience what you would do if your son's accused of some hideous crime. Right. So the last novel that I want to talk about, it's out. um, I think it's, it's out already. It's called the au pair. And I like that one. Um, It's sort of dual timelines. It is about an au pair who, you know, she goes to live with this family and she is helping out with the children, but, you know, something happens and there is some mystery around her background and what she might have had to, you know, what might have happened with her charges and, and, and there is a crime and a mystery that has to be solved. So I don't want to give too much away. But, you know, that was an interesting novel that explores some of the same questions and things that we are just talking about. It's, it's by Emma Rue. Okay. R-O-U-S. I've seen that book you know, around like, a lot. Yeah, I think it's worthwhile. Like, I really enjoyed reading it. You know, it's not like one of these books that's going to change change the world or anything but I thought it was a really good mystery like it was one of the more enjoyable ones that I read cool well you've been busy I have well some of those you know I was in a reading slump and you know my reading slumps are sort of like oh I read 50 to 100 pages of something and then I read 50 to 100 pages but then I'll look up and I and I realize I finished like four or five books (laughs) That doesn't really happen. The suspect, I thought, I think of you because the suspect was one of those books that I woke up one morning and I started reading it. I think I finished it the next day. I didn't sit and finish the whole thing. So that's funny. Yeah, that doesn't really (laughs) happen to me much. (laughs) All right. So that's what's going on. Um, So we have to discuss reading challenges because we. We talked about it. You're newly obsessed. Newly obsessed. So we talked about reading challenges at the end of last year in one of our recent episodes. And we talked about the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. And we mentioned a few other reading challenges. And I said I would check them out in the, you know, after we got off the recording. And I did. And I came to the conclusion that some of those very broad ones, the Pop Sugar one, there's Another one that I sent you, I found it in Goodreads, but it wasn't it wasn't sponsored by Goodreads. It was a different one. 52, 52 books in a year or something. I really like that one. <laughs> I want to do it. So do it. Um, they're not, <laughs> not good for me because, first of all, I don't read much more than 52 books, and I get very resentful when I'm reading a book for any purpose other than the fact that I want to read it. And I, for me, the categories got a little bit too um, esoteric for me, like, you know, books about swamp creatures or books about space or books that have a flower on the cover. I sent you a perfectly good literary fiction space book. I know you did, but I just was like, I can't get into these. But then a friend of mine um, posted in the Readerly Report Readers Facebook group 
and said she was looking at a challenge for the year that was 12 books across 12 different genres. And I looked at her list and I said, this looks to me, for me personally, like a list of books I would like to try. And 12 seems really manageable because I can still fit in lots of other reading. But it also does, as you mentioned at the top of the show, put a little structure in my reading. And it does force me out of what are admittedly very narrow um, parameters. Yeah, my comfort zone is really narrow. So this one pushes me about as far wide as I want to go without going too broad to include amateur detectives. So um, I'm reading a really good amateur (laughs) detective novel. (laughs) See, this is why you are much better made for the broader challenges than I am. Because I don't think I've ever uttered those words. I'm reading a really good amateur detective novel. But here are the categories of this one. So, well, here's what I've done is I've, I've adopted with her passive consent, but she seems to not mind. Um, I've adopted her categories as the 2019 every day I write the book reading challenge. And I've launched it as a challenge on my blog and on my blog's Facebook page and I've created and have a group for it. I created a group for it on Facebook. So if you're listening to this show and you haven't already heard about it and it sounds interesting, and I'll read you the category so you'll know, then please search for 2019 Every Day I Write the Book Reading Challenge on Facebook and just request to join. And then we've got a Facebook group. I've created a Google Doc so people can record what they're reading and see what other people are reading. And I want to create like a little community around this because I think it'd be fun. And it's not like super oppressive. It's only 12 books over the course of a year. So I think a lot of people we know who don't read as many books as we do a year will still find this one approachable because it's not asking them to read, you know, 50 books. So the categories are short stories, a book being made into a movie in 2019, a Pulitzer Prize winner, an unread classic, um, a book about tr- a true survival story, memoir. What does that mean? I think it's like, um, I, I don't know, the book that I immediately thought of that's been sitting in my bookshelf what for is years. It like wild? Yeah. Like, I've got a book about the doctor who was at the North Pole when she discovered she had breast cancer and she had to basically treat herself because nobody could get in because she was there for like a year. Really? Yeah. I, What's the name of that? Um, I forgot. I have it at home. It's so interesting. I've wanted to read it for years. Now I'm like, oh, maybe I'll read that. Um, memoir. See, that's what I like about challenges because I feel like there's so many books that, you know, just like I just said about, I don't know, that Washington memoir that you were just talking about. So many things that, oh, I'm dying to read that. I would love to read that. And then there's so many other things that you say the same thing about. So it just makes it, it makes you think of those books that you're just like, oh, yes. Well, and I like that too. That for this. I think just for me, some of those larger, longer lists, I have fewer books that I can think of. Oh, I would like to read that. Like it would be me reading simply for the purpose of satisfying the challenge as opposed to me finally getting to a book that. We don't want to do that. Oh, I remember the name of it. Icebound. Mm. Yeah, it's it's an old book. It's probably 10 years old, but I like to read it. And I like that, that, you know, the, reading something that you really wanted to read that's just old. Yep. Um, okay, self-help, that's going to be challenging, but whatever. Debut novel, campus book, uh, nonfiction, a book written in your birth year, and a humor book. I would have humor an book. issue with that. I feel like some books that are written back in the day can seem dated and stale. Like I try, I read, um, gosh, the, the group by Mary McCarthy. Oh, did that seem dated? Well, I mean, 
It was well. It was about I think is it Vassar? Which school was it? Yeah, one of those like women's schools. Vassar, like women's schools in the 1960s, or some school that just became co-ed in the 1960s, and what they all did and how they were all sort of miserable after, like who they married. Um, I don't know. It was just. It's almost like it would have had to have been more ancient for it to be enjoyable, but just like recent sort of datedness is annoying to me. Yeah. Uh, I can see what you're saying. We'll see. And a Pulitzer. Well, we had a whole show on. (laughs) I know. Prize books. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree. But But I'm sure I'll find a Pulitzer winner that. um, That you can tolerate. Well, I've read several. Well, then. Book being made into a movie this year. You know, so Where'd You Go, Bernadette is going to be a movie this year. Are you going to see it? No. (laughs) No. Well, I don't know. Maybe I'd, the movie maybe might I'd be see the better. movie. Oh, God, did I hate that Maybe book. it's visually And, you know, better. I was in Seattle over break, and I went to um, the L.A. Bay Bookstore, which I love. And, of course, she's, like, a local author, so her books are so prominent. There's, like, all the Marie Semple books are out, like, huge shelf full of local authors. And I was like, oh, God. I really loved her first book. I, I, you read that I for my book name. club. This one is mine. Oh, yeah, this one is mine. Yeah. You didn't like that one either. I think you read it for an Every Day I Write the Book online book club. Yeah, I really like that book. I didn't really like Where'd You Go, Bernadette. And then I feel like the book that she wrote after that was her retake on Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Like, it was so similar for about 65% of the book, and then the ending was different. So I liked it a little bit better than I liked it. But I don't remember the name of that. I think I've given up on Maria Simple completely. She's just not for me. No more Maria no, Simple. not going to happen. Okay. So this brings me to another question that I had for you that we have to catch up on is what did you buy <sighs> while you were on vacation? A, and, you know, which bookstores did you visit? That's a great question. Uh, okay. I went to two bookstores. I went to a used bookstore called Book Exchange in Missoula, Montana. And then I went to the L.A. Bay Bookstore um, with the in Washington in, in Seattle with the excuse that I needed to buy my son's book club book because I had turned out mm-hmm. I had gotten the wrong one out of the library. So of course, wait, what book club book is he reading? Um, we are reading um, a book called Amber Brown, which is a series, a kid series by Paula Danzer, and I had it's many there's many books in the series and I had picked up the wrong one when I went to the library before the trip. Of course. This is so funny that you've swapped your mother daughter book club. Yeah. Mother son with your yeah, son. It's fun. We do it with <laughs> three other little first graders. It's really cute. Um, yeah. All, all mother son. Um, of course they didn't have the book that <laughs> they didn't have, it, but it didn't stop me. <laughs> so you just me. got to buy a book so for you yourself. Got to buy stuff. So here's what I bought. Um, at the Elliott Bay bookstore, I bought, um, I picked a random book off the shelf. I never heard of it or the author before. And then I pulled up Goodreads and it had like a whole bunch of five star reviews. So I just bought it completely total impulse buy called the ones we choose by Julie Clark. I don't know anything about mm-hmm. it except that it looked, it looked like people liked it. And then I bought a separation cause it was on sale. It was like eight bucks in hardcover. And I've wanted to read that book a long time. The Katie. Yeah. Kid- Kitamura book, which I know has had mixed reviews. Did you read it? I did. Okay. Do you think I'll like it? I don't know. 
know. It's one of those books. It's a strange book. It's about this woman who goes to Greece. Find I think she's husband. sort of separated. Hus- she's been separated from her husband, so they haven't been living together. But then he disappears. And I think her mo- his mother calls, and she goes out on this trip, and she stays in this hotel. It's really well written, and like there's like lots of interesting points in the book. I feel like I book it a lot, but in terms of it holding together... When I re- it's just strange. Okay. Yeah, it's gotten mixed reviews. So I don't know. I've had that on my radar for a long time, and there it was on the sale table, so I got it. You should go for it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then at the used bookstore, I got five books. Um, Our Souls at Night, which everyone, since I posted a photo of it, including you, has said it's, it's so, so good. good. And I, that was made into a movie, too, so I'd like to see that. I want to see the movie. I think my mom saw the movie and she said it was good. The book is so um, good. It looks really good. Um, the Myth of You and Me by Leah Stewart. Um, the Bright Hour, which I'm a little like dreading reading, but I want to read. It's a memoir about a woman dying of breast cancer. Um, Why are you dreading reading? Because it? it's just I think it's going to be really sad. But you. But I want to read it, it anyway. Yeah. Um, a book called Eleven Hours, which was something on my um, Goodreads want to read list by Pamela Ahrens and then our endless number days by Claire Fuller because I've heard you talk about Claire Fuller quite a bit and that was also on my TBR so I have her book bitter orange (laughs) and I think I may have I didn't I think our endless summer days is her first book but I think I bought the book that was in the middle because we had a conversation about it I still have not read it I'm going to read the bitter orange book because I need <laughs> Is it to a color? a book with a color, <laughs> a fruit in the title for my pop sugar reading challenge. So that's going to make me do it. I'm so, so excited. Exactly. That's funny. So that's what I bought. Um, so the five-star book, I'm curious, what's that about? Um, I think it was about Which a woman who had a child on her own. It was called, let's see, I just closed the picture out. Um, that is called, oh, here it is, right here. Uh, the ones we choose, and I, I mean, this is like my vague memory from pulling it up at the store. I think it's about a woman who has a son on her own, and when he gets older, he starts asking about the identity of her de- of his dad. And I don't know whether he was like a sperm donor or how that whole how she got pregnant. And so then it's about this process of telling him about who his father really is. Um, I, I don't know. Like I guess I just. I was sitting in the bookstore and you know, how you just randomly pick a book off the shelf. There's no rhyme or reason for it. And, um, then I just was like, huh. And then I was like, well, I wonder what this book is like. And I went on Goodreads and it was like a gazillion five-star reviews. So hmm. we'll see. Okay. So, so I'm looking at my list because I have all these notes on what I had to ask Gail. So I've asked you, <laughs> About the Great Believers, and we talked about that, and I asked you about what you read and what you bought. So last time, or, you know, we were talking about getting books from the library, and I was saying that you could put books on hold, Mm. like, six weeks before they get them. Did you investigate, and can you do that in D.C.? Um, I haven't investigated it yet. Um, I don't know, but I will say that I've gotten, like, eight books from the library in the last week. So I I feel like I don't want – I need to – you calm down at the on. library because I just got like three books in that I really want to read, and if, which are, what um, are one is the memoir that was who was telling us about it, Sarah, about the guy on um, death row, who uh, 
he was wrongly accused and spent 30 years. Oh, is that the book, the Oprah book club book where he gets out of jail and yeah. Yeah. It was, I think it was one of her picks. Yep. So that's, um, I just got that. Then a book woman last seen in her thirties here. I'm going on my library account to tell you what I've got checked out. Um, Camille Pagan. I think that's another author that I maybe heard about through Sarah. Um, I think so. Yeah, that just came in. So can we take a minute? Have you? I don't know if you've listened to Sarah's podcast yet. It's so good. She was on with Catherine from the Gilmore Guide um, talking about winter book previews. And they talked about some books that we talked about or that we will be probably talking about in the future. And it's just, it's so good. And then her first author was this woman who wrote this World War II book. I think her name is Georgia something. Okay. I don't know. But if you guys should listen to Sarah's podcast, it's Sarah's Bookshelves Live. It's probably going to add lots and lots of books to my TBR list or confirm things I've been thinking. And it's, it was just, it's really fun. And we were on it. So at some point our episode will air and we'll let you know about it. But it's just such a good podcast. So you should go and you should listen and subscribe. I'm way behind on all my reading, be, I mean, my listening because of being out of town and not having any time to myself. So I haven't been able to listen yet, but I'm greatly looking forward to it. I listened to it this morning and they were talking about, um, I don't know. They gave me some, there's a couple of books on my shelf that I was sort of going to give a pass that they talked about that I think now maybe I'll hold on to and check out. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's been, it's good. It'll be dangerous. I have to say this whole, uh, end of the year, best books of the year, best reads of the year has been really bad for my TBR. Like I've added so many books. That's where the library stuff came from. There's stuff that I've added. I've been like saving links. I just, it's, it's overwhelming. There's so many good books out there. And actually that's an idea that I want us to do a monthly podcast on, the lists that come out each week and I want us to talk about those because mm-hmm. we read a lot of those lists and get picks about yeah. them and I, I think it'd be fun to just sort of take a look at what everyone's recommending yep. and, and we share those lists a lot too on the in the readerly report uh, Facebook group so if you want to follow these lists please check out the Facebook group because a lot of times we post a them bunch there of magazines just came yes. today like Oprah and um, Elle always gives good recommendations and Marie Claire yeah, it's it's overwhelming at this time of year because everyone, as soon as like literally the second the holidays were over, it's all like 2019 anticipated reads, you know, started coming out. And we're the same because we talk about so many books. I mean, if we did an analysis of the books we've talked about um, to the books that we actually end up reading, that's why I like to make that clear distinction between what we've actually read and what we thought about it because we, we talk a lot about books. I mean, I'm always lusting after something and wanting to read like sometimes I wish I just had time to read if I could only read like three specific genres I think I'd probably fall down a hole of campus books you know anything that's set on a college campus Mm -hmm. whether you're a professor whether you're a graduate student or whatever that's really what's appealing about this book that I'm reading that doesn't come out in July you know it it was set in college and that's just catnip Mm -hmm. for me yep someone doing a postdoc um, I don't know. Maybe I just want to sit around. I think I just want to sit around and research things and read things. And that's why, since I can't do that, I like to read about people who get to do that yep. for a living. Um, and then it would be murder mysteries, which I'm just total 
you know, I think Val McDermott had said something about murder mysteries, and she said that they really address different types or all um, walks of the population that she feels like regular fiction does not necessarily look at, and they're, you know, they're the ones who are taking on um, things around transgender and homosexuality and mixed marriages and, and just some of the ills, I guess, our society is suffering, you know, so many topics come up in crime fiction. That's so interesting. Which I think, you know... Never thought about that before. Yeah. I think that you do meet different classes of people, you know, as detectives are investigating or there's just different problems. And I I agree. It is a genre that lends itself to that. Whereas literary fiction, I feel like you are really purely getting a middle class slice of middle class to upper middle class or you know wealthy slice of life and those kinds of problems so I think that that's one of the appeal of reading about other things and and lately I've seen a trend with those kinds of novels taking on like uh, you know problems with the elderly and aging and crimes that happen with them and so Hmm, that's really cool I never thought about that oh so I just looked at a note and I'm really excited. I don't know if you saw it on Goodreads yet. And if you listened to our podcast a couple of weeks ago, I had said that I was going to only go on Goodreads once a month for whatever silliness I was thinking at the time. That's just clearly not going to work. <laughs> so I go on there this morning. And um, so last week we talked about Late in the Day by Tessa Hadley. Oh, yes. And you wanted to read it. And I talked about how I have all these books by her that I have not read yet. So he was talking about, he gave Late in the Day a five-star review. Wait, who did? Ron Charles. Oh, Ron Charles did. Oh, I've missed that. Okay, I'm excited to see that. Um, does your taste usually jive with his? I'm super excited about it because I have her book, The Past, which I thought I would really like. I feel like it might be dual time periods. You know, I think she sort of writes about subjects that are catnip for me. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm really excited to read that and late in the day. Um, I do very much like his taste. Okay. Yeah. So if he liked it, that's a great sign. I really want to read that book. So Yeah, that's why I wanted to tell you about it. So yeah. that, you know, you said you wanted to read it. it read it. it. Mm-hmm. You said you want to read it. He gave it five stars. So Good. I think you should... All right, I definitely will. Should be excited. Um, okay, so we've covered what we read over break, what we're reading now, <laughs> a little bit of the lists of stuff. We've talked about the Every Day I Write the Book Blog Challenge and the fact that you're probably also going to do the Pop Sugar Challenge. Um, what else do we need to cover? Uh, new paperbacks that have come out. New paperbacks. Okay, so a lot of books are out in paperback now, too. Um, I think you found a lot more than I did, but um, I have four, and um, some of them, why don't we start like this? I am going to just list the ones that we have talked about quite a bit on the podcast, just to get them out of the way, and there are, you know, um, there are a couple that I have not really talked about a lot here so I will talk about those more and um, so I had put on my list and I'll just mention these were original trade paperbacks so they were always out in paperback and it seems like um, One Day in December by Josie Silver is one of those and Gail we've talked about that quite a bit Mm -hmm. 
and also what else was a trade paperback original I don't know I can't think of it now I don't know I'm looking at your list I don't know which one was yeah I don't know maybe it was just that one um, okay oh I know what I was going to say Asymmetry which Gail really did not like and which I tried to read and could not finish um, is all is it was not originally out in trade paperback but in the last month it has come out in paperback so we probably don't really need to talk about that too much okay and everything here is beautiful we've talked about that quite a bit the glass forest is out by cynthia swanson of course we had her on the show and we talked a little bit about the books that she was reading and the background to that book so i'll try to link to all of those episodes if you want to hear more about those books but those are i think those are a few of the ones that we've talked about now there's a book on this on this paperback list that i think you read that i did not but that was a big hot book last year tangerine you i think that came out in the spring of this this past year 2018 of yes of 2018 and you liked it right i did um it's not a book i don't you know it's it's a strange book i feel like it's not a book that holds up to discussion because i think i did talk about it with people i really liked it it's about um this woman young woman who becomes very good friends with someone in college she's sort of isolated so it's just the two of them who have this friendship with each other she starts to um once she starts to date a young man there are some cracks in their friendship and they they stop being friends and she moves to morocco with her husband you know there's sort of hints about you know some kind of health problems that you know mental health problems that she might be having and then you don't know why she and her friend have parted ways but all of a sudden this friend shows up in Tangier and you know they sort of resume a pretty uneasy friendship and so it flashes back and forth and you kind of figure out why they stop becoming friends and um, I think the the woman's husband ends up dying it's not a spoiler to say this but it's so it's just about their complicated relationship I really enjoyed it it was atmospheric it's one of those books that even though it's set in Morocco I mean it does have you do get some sense of the place or whatever but it's really mainly about their friendship and and the I don't know the sort of creepy friendship relation r- relationship between them I liked it it's out in paperback now yeah, people so. seem to love that book I don't know. I feel like it got mi- mixed. Re- 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 I felt like I, as many people really liked it, or as much as I've heard about it, I don't know that it got really great reviews. Really? I feel like it did. Okay. I could be wrong. Um, okay. Um, so, so why don't you tell us about Anatomy of a Mirror? Yeah, I haven't read it. It's about um, a soldier who is paralyzed, and then like all of a sudden he steps out of his wheelchair like and there's sort of this becomes this like emblem of like a miracle of like rebirth I don't know I don't know much about it I remember reading about it when it came out it's by Jonathan Miles and um it I don't know looks good so I'm kind of intrigued by that and would like to maybe give that a try now that it's on paperback hmm did you ever hear anything about it Mm -mm. Hmm, okay you know that t- that title 
Anatomy of a Miracle, I feel like I hear of other things similar, so I don't really know anything about it in particular. What about The Perfect Mother? I don't know much about that one either. Um, I just know that it was a... I'm going to look it up because I don't remember. I read about it when I put it on this list, and I remember thinking, oh, that's right. I'm probably not going to read this book because it's another, like, disappearing baby (laughs) book. Um, But it's about a group of moms who hang out together, and I think they're all in the... Let's see, they're at a bar one night, and then one of their babies is taken from its crib. Um, I assume not while they're together. Like, I assume... Like back at home, one of the babies is kidnapped, and um, by the baby and the baby with the babysitter, I guess. And so then it's like everyone's trying to find this baby, and then secrets are exposed, marriages are tested, and friendships are destroyed. I think we've all read this book before, um, but I don't know. I remember you can read that book several times, though. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So I just remember reading about this book, and it looked like it was a popular book. And I, I feel like this genre of books tends to be pretty popular. So I thought I would include it here. Um, so one of the books that I actually was just talking about, I w- or I was just talking about how crime fiction can cover so many more areas. And one that did that is The Other Side of Everything by Lauren Doyle. It's set in Florida and, you know, basically a community that is mostly made up of elderly retirees you know some people have lived in the neighborhood for a very long time and now they're older and it's all about what happens when um, there are a series of murders that happen and the elderly people in the community start to to believe that they are being targeted by what might be a serial killer and I you know I enjoyed it it was told from three different perspectives and it was told from pretty diverse perspectives you know we had a young teenager who is working at um, she works at a diner and she she sort of has a troubled relationship with her mother has run away and she is in the house with her brother and sort of acting as his caregiver in some respects um, another perspective is a woman who is separated from her husband Um, I think previously she had had breast cancer so there's just lots of issues in their relationship and she starts a series of paintings that actually um, the police initially peg her as a suspect in some of the murders and then one is the point of view of an elderly man whose wife has died and he's sort of reminiscing about relationships in the neighborhood and of course you know, it's about why this could be happening, the connections that people have, and how it all comes together. And that was pretty good. Okay. So The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson I have on here because they have a new movie tie-in paperback for the series that was on Netflix. Um, if Beale Street Could Talk by James Baldwin is a book that I said that I want to read because I do want to see if I can catch it in the movies. Um, a Discovery of Witches is going is a series that is out um, that I read by Deborah Harkness, a sort of adult vampire. You know, like I don't know, she is. Uh, it's it's one of those campus books. I really liked it. She is a researcher, or she's a professor at Oxford, and she does this research, and she sort of discovers things about her past. You know that she's a witch. She becomes in a, involved with a vampire. There's lots of drama. It's going to be a series on Sundance now, so they have 
um, the paperback tie-in cover with Teresa Palmer and Matthew Good. Um, Adele, that is the other original trade paperback. I haven't read it. It's out January 15th, so I'll probably read it soon. I let, read Layla Slimani's book last year. It's called The Perfect Nanny. It was not a perfect book. I feel like it was more of an idea book that was not really fully articulated into a novel, but it was really interesting, and I still think about it. So she has a book out that's called Adele, and I don't know. It's supposed to be – it's it's not focusing on, like, the perfect nanny was about, you know, it was loosely based on the case in New York where um, a nanny murders her charges, but this one is supposed to be, like, more sophisticated adult material. <laughs> That I've seen that book around a lot. Yeah. The Ghost Note Notebooks by Ben Dolnick. If you like a creepy, it's a creepy literary read, um, you know, sort of about this young couple who are given an opportunity to move to a house in upstate New York where she receives some kind of, she becomes a curator of this museum. You know, the previous curator disappeared under mysterious mysterious circumstances so it's just all about the relationship that this young couple has you know sort of talks about their ambivalence ambivalence around their relationship and just what happens when you know she also goes missing we've talked about Ben Dolnick before I'm a fan of his um I read his yes book. I, I read his other book too. yeah did you read it recently or did you read it back when it came out no I think I read it back when it came out and I really liked it I didn't even make the connection until I went back later and saw that he had written this other book I don't know if I liked it I think I like the ghost notebooks a lot he's one of you know one of the few male authors now that I will be looking out for Mm -hmm. um, when they have new books coming out Anatomy of a Scandal by Sarah Vaughn is it's (laughs) it's one of those books that looks back it it's about a couple um i think he is about to make a big political move and he becomes embroiled in a scandal um of his past and sort of like what happens with the woman who was involved in his past and this scandal you know he had gone to oxford it's a lot about the rowing clubs and the eating clubs that they have at you know prestigious universities i thought it was a little bit heavy-handed in terms of you know I know what she was trying to say in terms of you know, the types of privilege that can run rampant in clubs like that. I, I, um, she's a former journalist who's done a lot of investigations of, I guess, those kinds of crimes. But it was it was a really good it was a page turner, so I recommend it. Okay. Have I spe- speed sped through everything? <laughs> Enchantress of Numbers. I've talked about at length here, so I won't go much into it besides to say that I listened to it on audio I feel like I would have liked it a lot more if I had read it and of course it's about Ada Lovelace who is they give her credit for sort of being the person who came up with the math that was the forerunner of what would become computers you know so they claim that she is um, you know just touched off what the modern computing world would look like, but she is also the daughter of Lord Byron and, you know, the relationship that, yeah, the relationship that um, her parents had with each other and the relationship between the mother and daughter is completely bonkers. Um, But that's a really good book. Interesting read. Like I said, I should have read it. I should not have listened to it. 
All right. Well, that is a wealth of plethora of paperbacks. Um, all right. Well, I am glad we're back on track and um, looking forward to a good reading year. And uh, we will um, be, as Nicole said, back with featuring back featuring more of the lists that we're seeing that are coming out. We also um, are planning to bring on a number of guests this year. So um, keep an eye out for that, both people who work in industry, other bloggers, maybe some authors, maybe some uh, reviewers, and um, we will be featuring them throughout the year. So lots of good things to come on the Readerly Report in 2019. Um, Nicole will be chipping away at her pop server reading list. I will be much more relaxed on my 12 and 12 list, and uh, we will be here giving you book recommendations. So until next time, happy reading. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com, and you can find me, Gail, blogging at Every Day I Write the Book, which is at everydayiwritethebookblog.com, and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusesblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.